You're listening to the Rapid Realization Podcast, where we discuss the mind, body, and everything on healing from within, for you to get inspired to finding your own inner wisdom, to be more self-actualized and become aware of your highest potential. And I'm your host, Dr. Anne-Marie Balkansky, a certified clinical hypnotherapist and mind coach at Rapid Realization, and I welcome you. So let's begin. Let's talk about the mind. And for those of you that did not get a chance to listen to the intro of this season of um, podcast, uh, I'll go ahead and recap about the minds and the minds that I'm referring to. There are two minds, or basically how I like to divide the mind, which is the conscious mind and also the subconscious mind. The conscious mind really are the thoughts that we have, you know, those words or analysis, judgments, overthinking aspect of ourselves that will tend to think about the past, think about the future, think about things you need to do tomorrow, or maybe replay a conversation that you had yesterday. So the conscious mind is that part of our mind that really has thoughts, words, and sayings that you can clearly hear in that head of yours. Now, the conscious mind also can be called the thinking mind, the analytical mind, the judgmental mind. It is all of that. And now the other side of the mind, which is called the subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is really the emotional body. And the subconscious mind, some people may even talk about the mind-body connection. Really, we're talking about the conscious mind and subconscious mind connection because the subconscious mind is the actual body. And you see, our our brain has all of these neurons and connections up there. And if you've ever seen the anatomy of a brain, it it is like a mass, this big mass of of neurons or connections and 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 fiber and tissue or whatever you want to call it. But really, those neurons are all throughout our body. It's just that our brain has a massive collection of them. But our body also is part of our brain and takes in stimuli through our touch, our sensations, our sight. Um, our brain is the major point of, of processing, but we are, it is a two-way directional communication, really. So the subconscious mind does communicate with us through emotions, A lot of people get this a bit confused because what happens is that we have this very loud voice up there, the conscious mind, that will communicate and we think that really that is the boss, but it's not. Our conscious mind is roughly about 10% of who we are. Our subconscious mind, which is the body, the emotional body, is a whopping 90%. Some people have different value systems that they put on these minds, but usually subconscious mind is between 85 and 90% most people say. So now being that the subconscious mind is a big part of who we are, how do we listen to it? And that's one of the things that I love training and educating my clients on doing because most of them come to me because they don't know how to even listen to it and that they're listening to that voice, the conscious mind, but they seem to be almost in a sense of out of control or or feel like their body just doesn't do what it says to do or they can't trust it almost because these habits or ingrained aspects of who we are just really become very autopilotness or automatic for us. A good example of these two minds would be like driving a car. So when you first learned how to drive a car, you probably were very conscious mind oriented. 
you were thinking about the steering wheel, the gas, uh, the brake, and and the turn signals, and all the little gadgets around you. And then when to when you went to actually drive, and you push your foot to the gas, maybe the ga- the car catapulted forward and went really quick just because you weren't sure on how gently to push the gas. For example. So it took some time for your body to get coordinated with actually pushing the gas and turning the steering wheel. What happens is over time that programming gets um, ingrained into our subconscious mind. So now for those of you that do drive, you can just simply get in the car and not even think about driving. You just drive while you're maybe even having a conversation with a friend or talking on the phone or, or thinking about dinner or whatever it may be. And so the two minds are very, uh, in a sense, um, dual in nature, where they're both happening at the same exact time. The duality of the mind is that they're both happening at the same exact time. You're having thoughts while your subconscious mind is the part that's allowing you to drive without thinking about the muscles and how to turn the steering wheel or maybe the stoplights. You see red and you just stop. (laughs) So another example of how these minds are quite different in dual in nature in that they communicate Um, is when you try to remember a name. Has there ever been a time where you really try to remember a name? And you may like, man, go crazy just because you can't remember the name and it feels like it's on the tip of your tongue and you may even search and go to your phone or look online or ask friends and just really, it's right there, but it just won't come forward. And then all of a sudden, maybe days will even pass where you're doing nothing, you're completely distracted and then bam, (laughs) That name pops in your mind out of nowhere. And what happens is your conscious mind is very distracted, actually. And it's finally doing something completely different than trying to find that answer. Because before, the conscious mind was the mind that was trying to find the answer. And so when conscious mind finally really, in a sense, shut up or stepped to the side and was distracted, the subconscious mind always had the answer deep down ingrained in you. So it gave you the answer. And it didn't come through as a thought, came through as an impulse. It just like pops in your head out of nowhere and you're like, what the heck? <laughs> and the subconscious mind communicates like that. It's a very, it's, it's a quick impulse. It's, it's, it's nothing that you judge or question. It just is a feeling really. Another way that this has come through is through um, intuition. When we have intuitive gut feelings about something, so like walking into a room and you just have a feeling that something's off or meeting certain people uh, or going to places and you just have that gut feeling and sure enough, maybe your gut feeling was right, that something was wrong or maybe there was a time where you really doubted your gut and then you look back and you're like, man, I should have never doubted myself. That feeling that you have is that subconscious mind communicating with you. So when we learn how to listen to it better we are able to tap into greater aspects of ourselves or understanding really of what it is and why we do the things that we may be doing so in regards to connecting with it and listening to it we could even find answers to what may be causing our self-sabotaging behaviors maybe or why we feel certain ways like maybe feeling alone or sad and then looking back for me, for example, in my, my personal um, history that when I looked back to when I was feeling sad and I would with, re- withdraw from people or even uh, feel a sense of rejection, it was always going back to my childhood and the story that people told me or that I took on as my story. 
And for those of you that don't know me, um, my past was, you know, I'm, I'm a fo- I was a foster child. So I basically looked at myself and said, hey, mom did not care enough for me or I was abandoned. And because of that, I basically determined about myself that I'm not worthy or not good enough. And I would really withdraw from scenes or scenarios like a relationship or even uh, career opportunities that came up because I was fearful of being rejected. And that made me feel sad. And that feeling was the thing that created that behavior. But really that feeling did not just come out of thin air. It came from and it came from a belief. And the belief came from an event. And so our mind, our conscious mind and subconscious mind is like a computer that is basically being programmed. And it, the programming starts from our birth, really. So for example, when you look at a computer, you notice that it has a keyboard that keyboard are resemblant to the events in life. So they represent events around you and what's happening and and people are typing away on your keyboard and putting in events. And the monitor is like our conscious mind where you can see the words. Um, It's very clear and distinct. But the hard drive and really what allows the computer to run is the subconscious mind. So when there is a clear understanding of all of the parts and what creates the programming, then we can change the programming. I'm going to bring another aspect to this. So when you get all the wiring clearly connected in a computer, so the hard drive are, are wired and connected and the monitor is working completely fine and, and in, in, um, in harmony with your subconscious mind, then there can be a dial-up or a connection to the World Wide Web. When all the parts are working properly, then you can basically stream or access information about anything and everything. And that's like tapping into our intuition. When our minds are in this synchronized harmony with each other and balance, then we're able to listen to ourselves and tap into this intuitive connectedness that we have that will give us more information and also help us make our decisions that we maybe need to make to live a profoundly um, meaningful life. So going back to the programming develops from the events again. So I'll give you an example of how this looks. Let's say a little kid for the first time, you know, they they learn how to walk and they're walking everywhere around the house and they go and they stick their hand, they or they try to stick their hand in a light bulb socket. So they like, you know, have their fingers in their mouth all the time and they go and they stick their finger in the light bulb and then mom comes running over because she sees and knows what's going to happen. And she, of course, doesn't want baby to get hurt. So she smacks the baby's hand and the baby does not have the ability to comprehend electricity or power and really why mom is even smacking his hand but all the baby can understand is that mom is very upset and can even feel the emotions and what mom may likely say is bad that's that's bad don't do that you're bad that's bad and getting angry with the baby for doing that with of course good intent but we can't determine how the baby will interpret it. And so a baby may interpret it as being like, okay, here's this loving being that comes to me that usually cares for me, but now it's telling me that I'm bad. I must trust what this person says since they do everything for me. (laughs) So I must be bad. 
So then we have this small aspect within us that has determined that I must be bad. And even though we may have small aspects of us that feel certain ways, what happens is over life and over time, we collect anything that aligns with that idea or belief and we stack them basically. So let's say that kid grows up and when they're about 10 years old, they go to school and they come home with one of their report cards and mom looks at it and they get C's and D's and mom says, what's wrong with you? Why you got to be so bad? what's like what you can't pay attention why or do you have to be such a bad kid and basically adding another layer to that belief of being bad so any event around that child as they continue to grow up into their teens and even adult they start to collect all the times that they felt bad and any time that they are even reminded of that state of feeling bad because maybe they feel sad all of the times um, all of those events and memories will come forward that's how the brain is wired. So this is called state-dependent memory. And this is for another topic, another t- another talk, I mean, another podcast. But basically, our brain is wired to bring forward anything that is based on our current state of experience. So let's say when you smell a perfume or hear a song, you get instantly reminded about a good event or that event that reminded you of that perfume, maybe a person, or maybe a song reminds you of uh, an event that you went to where you either had fun or maybe even a breakup, who knows. But the minute you heard that you had a flash of that event, maybe without even realizing it, but the emotions came forward. So that is the same thing whenever we are reminded about something that feels bad. Um, We immediately recall all the times and it compounds on it on feeling bad. This is why when two people in a relationship maybe argue, they will bring up things from a long time ago. Like maybe they're arguing and they're feeling like crap. So they're like, you did this, you did that. And they start even like cursing and, and bringing up memories from like five or 10 years ago, even though they're, they thought that they got over them. And it's because that current state of feeling like they're bad or sad or angry will just simply only be able to recall those events that made them sad, mad, or angry. That's why happy people are easily able to recall happy memories. But when you're sad, it's hard to recall happy memories because you're very sad. So all all we can typically think about are those sad memories. That's just how our brain is wired. I like to call this the bad day spiral. So when one bad thing happens and then it's like, uh, it comes in threes and then the next bad thing and the next bad thing, and then the whole day is crap just because you have really dug yourself into this um, this spiral of, of a bad day until we pull ourselves out. So now that you have a bit more awareness of the minds that are at play and also how they are programmed, becoming aware of it and just observing it is the first step of realizing that maybe we're replaying old patterns in our life that were programmed in us from childhood The first step is becoming aware of it and realizing that we even have those beliefs or emotions coming up. Because once we do, then we can change our story. And so then the story changed from being that which one someone told us and then we told ourselves to that which now we can tell ourselves a different story. And this is what reparenting is basically. Not sure if you've heard of that from other therapists, but reparenting is a way of basically retelling our story of our childhood to ourselves so that we see it differently. 
So for example, like I've had clients that are scared of maybe water or scared of animals or dogs or lizards or whatever it may be. And really, you know, for me, for example, I love to go swimming. I live in Florida, so I love the beach. I love swimming. And I also love animals. I love lizards. I've had some of my own and I love dogs. So really, I may meet someone that doesn't like them, but it really has nothing to do with the actual animal or water for example I get happy when I see that stuff but for someone else they may get scared so it has nothing to do with the actual item itself or the actual um, place like the beach it has to do with the memory that is tied to it and how we feel about it for example someone that's scared of water maybe had a bad memory or a bad event from a time that they swam for example uh, someone that may have potentially drowned and then has a memory tied to that event of drowning, for example. Or someone that's scared of dogs and then has a childhood memory of them being chased by a dog <laughs> as a child. True things, true things. And that basically, if we can change the way that they see that experience or memory and they are no longer fearful of it, then they can change how they currently feel about that experience again. So moving forward, go ahead and be aware of these two aspects of your mind so that you can become the observer. That is the first part of just allowing things to come to surface so that you can begin to heal it. So observing these minds at play, and you'll likely notice a lot of words, a lot of things going on in that mind. And it may take some time for you to kind of ring yourself back from even going on autopilot because we get so tied up. So you need reminders in your life. One of those reminders that I like to incorporate is the breath. The breath can very easily bring you back to this moment if we become aware of that breath. But I can say it is an exercise and I encourage you to do this exercise because just like lifting weights, for the first time, uh, the weight that you lift may be a challenge, but over time, if you continue to lift the same weight over and over and over again, it will become easy. And so the same thing goes for using, uh, or not using, but exercising our mind to use more of our subconscious mind as opposed to our conscious mind, which is the one that we usually rely on to give us all the answers. So I'll encourage you to do that. And also you can meditate. I love meditation and really believe that you can meditate um, any time of the day because all meditation is is just being very mindful but I did create a meditation that's about 13 minutes long called being the observer and this is a good practice and starting that whole process of seeing what's coming up so that you can observe it and become more uh, proactive as opposed to reactive because usually what happens is things will come up and then we become reactive, not even aware of why we're becoming reactive, but we just act. So when you become the observer, you observe the thoughts or the emotions that are coming up and then you just watch it, but you don't react on it. You just watch it. And the actual observing or watching of it is enhancing your awareness so that you can then decide exactly what to do with it if anything is needed to be done with it. When we do become reactive, sometimes we're regretful of those reactions just because they don't really get us what it is that we want. For example, maybe we want a more successful relationship or, or more success in our career, or maybe we need to lose weight or wh whatever it is. It doesn't matter, but we want to be aware of what it is that we are doing, our behaviors and our thoughts and our emotions. 
And so part of that is the observer. So go ahead and check that meditation out. I'll put it in the description link below so you can click on it. It's on the app called Insight Timer, which is a free app. And I hope you use that and enjoy. Until next time, have a great day. Thanks for listening, and I hope you gained some newfound insights or realizations. If you would like future alerts on new episodes, be sure to subscribe. You could also leave us feedback by commenting or simply show us support for this channel by rating us. That is how content gets seen on these platforms, by your feedback. So if you choose to do so or have done so already, we are very grateful and thank you. Until next time, have a great day.